0: I am Chris and I'm Matt welcome to roleplay chat
1: we are two game masters who can't stop talking about roleplaying games.
0: and today we talk about the power of the end of game debrief and as always
1: we will focus in on roleplay so that we can get better at it together
0: great but first how are you doing Matt at the cottage again I think
1: yeah yeah so if my internet cuts out or oh, you guys hear me robot but I'm at the cottage it's a long weekend so we're just uh, enjoying the sun no no tree cutting this time and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it's been fun we've been playing like card games and stuff how about uh, how about yourself
0: i've been doing good still working on my stuff uh, haven't had the chance to do some to do any crafting yet though but looking forward to it
1: cool cool yeah um, in terms of role playing stuff i've actually i've bought some kind of neat spray paint stuff for for terrain that I'm kind of fun it, it, I'm I'm having fun experimenting with. It's uh it's like an adhesive spray. So okay. instead of having to like basically coat something in PVA glue or whatever, mm. I can I can spray it, it on and, and so far it hasn't it hasn't like misshapen my styrofoam.
0: Okay, and that's your base coat too.
1: Well, it doesn't have color. Okay. It's just like clear. It, it dries clear.
0: Okay, but so it's, it's a spray uh, glue.
1: It's a spray glue. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So I'm 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 experimenting with it a little bit, where like I spray it on, and then right now I'm using it to like stick sand or like flock onto terrain.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But eventually, my my goal is to find a way to be able to basically spray on a uh, a base coat without having to paint Mod Podge over everything, which is yeah. a pain in the butt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've been like in those like segments of how we've been doing with roleplay. We talk a lot about crafting. This channel is not about crafting, but with the COVID right. and, and the pandemic, we're like, well, we play a lot, like a lot less and like your game is on hold because like we are keeping it um in person i guess like not over internet so that's why crafting is kind of a synonym of <laughs> our role-playing game uh hobby yeah. i guess yeah
1: i guess but, you're right.
0: like if i bring it a little bit to like what i've been doing in terms of role play actual role play we i've been think- thinking about the new like Tool, and we've been talking about it before recording this, like a new tool, maybe to encourage being gift giving the, the episode of last week. Uh, if you're interested in knowing more about it, you can go, go back and, and listen to it. But yeah, like a tool to make that a little bit more like easy and to bring pufferfish moments. So we will we'll definitely do an episode on this uh, once it's tested and a little bit more uh, fine tuned. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been working on.
1: Yeah, and, and from the conversation we had, Chris, it sounds really cool. It, it really adds a flavor of mechanic to roleplay, I think, that will help incentivize folks who aren't necessarily into roleplay for the sake of roleplay. You know you know what I mean? So it's yeah, I look forward to talking about it and, and testing it out.
0: Um, yeah. As I, well. I, think, I yeah, I think the the problem sometimes with roleplay, especially at the beginning, is there's no boundaries. It's it, it feels very abstract, so to attach like, objectives to it and stuff like that can actually help a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, and it helps a lot, and it helps kind of fix the expectation, and today we are going to talk about another tool that helps to fix expectation, is which is the end-of-game debrief.
1: Yeah, it's something that, I mean, I think we should kick off the whole conversation by saying that the end-of-game debrief was kind of what inspired us, or inspired me anyway, to to do this channel with you, Chris. Um, because we often found ourselves, you know, at the end of a game, staying around for, you know, anywhere between two to four hours just talking about the game. And yeah. that really was what inspired me. Like, man, if we can talk about it for four hours, and it's interesting the whole time. Maybe someone else would, would want to listen in too. Um, and obviously we've we've fine-tuned and it it's diverged in since. But the, the concept of the end of game debrief is still something that we do in our games. So I, I figured and you figured let's talk about it here, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that that's definitely the the the, the starting point for me too. It's it's easy to see like, oh, we are getting like we're learning through these end of game debrief. So the goal was like when we say growing together and getting better at role playing, I feel like the the debrief was a huge part of it. So that's what we're talking about it today. So maybe we should start with some kind of not really a definition, but what is for us this end of game debrief. I think it's a little bit self explanatory, but maybe just actually putting words on it. Should I Yeah
1: so take it? yeah go go for it Chris. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. So the game end of game debrief is a discussion about a specific game that happened recently. And the goal is to figure out what worked, what didn't work, uh what was your strength, what was your weaknesses, often as a game master, but also like keep in mind that it's also for the players to maybe adjust also. So I think I think I said also three times in that <laughs> in that sentence. <laughs> so <laughs> I,
1: I, I agree with you, Chris, so exactly that. And it's, it's this opportunity to share experiences, to share feedback on what, what worked, what didn't work in the game. Um, usually it happens immediately after the game, right? Like you, we, play, we would play the game and it would happen the same night um, with everybody around the table. But, of course, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be the same day, right, Chris? it can, can teeter on a little bit.
0: Yeah and and you might find that you get different things out of the group of the answers depending on how when you do it. So maybe the first thing to consider is is exactly when. I found that when it's done directly after you get a more emotional response and more of a gut feeling. But when you wait maybe like 3 days or a week, you might get a more a different answer, something that is more mechanical give you also a good idea of what's the the actual story points or the narrative beats that stayed in there, your players head what they really remember what what stood out so that's uh that's another thing to consider i mean you said like most of the people will stay at the table um often what, what i found happen is like someone maybe gets tired it's midnight or something and they leave and i will like the ones that are still into it will be part of this uh, debrief so don't feel like you need to like hold everybody like stay down we're doing the debrief now like it's mostly uh
1: it's a voluntary conversation
0: (laughs) yeah we should have put voluntary right yeah but yeah yeah. but but what i mean is it's it's optional and it's really it needs to be had in terms of like passionately well that sounds wrong (laughs) it needs to be done (laughs) out of out of wanting to do it and not just like feeling you have to do it
1: yeah yeah for sure and and i think part of it too that we take for granted is you know we're often playing with our friends or people that we're close to and it's usually a you know the same permutation of folks that are at our table that participate in these debriefs so i think an important caveat to mention too in you know as we continue to define what the end of game debrief is is it's it's not something that we're saying you should do when you go to a con and you play with folks that you've met for the first time. I mean, you might do it anyway and it might be cool, but I think it, you'll be probably more successful and more open to one another's opinions and emotions if you do it with folks that, that you're you know you're closer to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and some people will, will give you their opinion without you asking for it. So maybe sometimes you don't really want to debrief certain players because you might tailor your game to a specific type of, type of players and you see others don't interact with it. You might already know what they're going to say. its I mean, it's not bad to hear it anyway. I, I, I per- personally like to ask everybody and, and see what I can do with that actual that, that feedback. Um, maybe now it's actually a good time to say like how do we do it or how you should do it I mean it sounds obvious it's a game debrief just ask like how was the game but I find that a question like how was the game is too vague is too people will say oh it was fun and that's yeah. you kind know, of there
1: yeah I've, I've found a lot of success in asking specific questions about about a component of the game And I mean, let's be honest, right? When you're a game master, you know, you don't know, but you have a pretty good feeling for what the players had a good time with and what the players didn't have a good time with. But sometimes you're not too sure, or if you want to kind of get that positive reinforcement, you might ask, you might say, like, specifically, that combat, how did you feel about that combat? And then by launching in that probing open-ended question, then ensues the end-of-game debrief.
0: Yeah. And and something, maybe a question that I like to ask is very specific because, so if you ask a question of like, is there something that I could have done differently, for instance, this is very open. I like to be more like, what did you like the most? What did you like the least? Like if you had to like remove something or change something, what would be the, so it, they don't have to say, oh, this was bad. They could just say like, well, this I would have improved on by doing X or Y. So I find that this is how I get a lot of the... I, I, I put my player at ease as far as sharing something they maybe did not like as much. Maybe they disliked it, but they don't have to tell me that so that way no feelings are hurt. So I, I, I like to, to, to ask that. And sometimes I'll get surprised. I will say, like, what did you like the most? And they'll tell me something. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that at all. I thought it was too long or it was too convoluted or whatever, but... So that I can really assess what worked.
1: Yeah, cool. So that—that's kind of, I suppose, some of the types of questions you could ask with regards to to that. Was there something else, Chris, that you want to add? Yeah. Well,
0: well, just maybe before moving to the, the uh, something else, something I I urge you to, if you're doing a debrief, that the one thing you that's very important is to keep an open mind because. They might tell you things that you I don't want to say don't want to hear, but like that you don't agree with or that I mean if your players or your friends hopefully will not be hurtful to like, oh the whole game sucked. Like obviously that's that's not helpful feedback. So mm-hmm. if it but if it's constructive, try not to go defensive. I think for feedback like that, people will often be like, Well, you didn't know about this other thing, or blah blah blah. Like it's like, even I do it, because sometimes it's important to tell the players, well, there are some things you don't know, so your feedback is heard, but I don't think it applies. It's different than, like, well, you should have, as a player, you should have acted that other way. Like, for instance, I, I don't know, like, uh, they, they didn't do recon, and they moved in, and they got totally, like, smashed. Well, they'd be like, well, the battle was too difficult. It's like okay, you can hear that and do your own conclusion. But if you're like, well, you didn't do any recon, then you're starting to like create animosity.
1: Yeah, that, that's a that very is not good
0: the point. goal of debrief. So maybe do you, do you have anything to say on that map?
1: Well, no, I'm just. Yeah, that's a really good point to make, right? the The, the purpose of the debrief is to engage in a constructive conversation about how the players felt about the game, like you're saying. And for the most part, the game master, I think... like The the best end-of-game debriefs are the ones where the game master just sits back, absorbs what's being said, and considers it for the next game. And how much you need to consider it is up to you, right? And and being defensive, and like you said, Chris, like retorting with like, well, no, you should have done something else because you did X, Y, or Z, with quote-unquote incorrectly... That's not going to help, I don't think.
0: Yeah, yeah. And sometimes the players will ask you, will say, like, but what could have we done differently? And that is a sleep, like, sleepy slope? Is that, is that the same? Slippery yeah. slope. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's to, I prefer to keep it vague, right? To be like, well, there was other options. Maybe the other players, like, I'll try to, like, have the other players tell the person who has the question and not necessarily and sometimes the players will surprise me with things I I haven't even thought of so let's like try to not feed what should have happened in your mind to the, to your players this is not the goal of the debrief but I think we've made our point maybe we can move on cuz there's still coaching opportunity there but mm-hmm. not as like uh I don't know how to say it not as a insulting thing? I, I don't know. I think you get the point.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's lots of opportunities there. Do we want to touch a little bit, though, Chris, on, because, I mean, player feedback is going to happen, I think, in these situations, because we're kind of inviting it. Do we want to talk about how to deal with it or, or what, what to do with player feedback?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, I think we touched a little bit on it, but yeah, let's go, let's go into... Okay, what you, they're, they're giving you feedback. What, what should you do with it?
1: Um, okay, you're asking me? <laughs> well, sure,
0: if you have something, otherwise... I uh... um,
1: I mean, I, I guess the, the first thing, like you said, is to be, to be open-minded. Um, I, I, I think the, the most important thing, and I don't want to sound mean in saying this, but for the most part, players don't really know what they want. <laughs> yeah. So just because they're saying something, I think it's important to note that like, that's how they're feeling right now. It's not 100% indicative of what they actually want out of the game for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. just to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, I, it took me a while to figure that out, and that's kind of. And it's hard to internalize if you haven't experienced it. But when players tell you, I would have liked to. Uh, I don't know, gain a spell from this book, they don't really want that to happen. But from that, from that feedback, what I think you should focus on is what they actually want to feel, not really what they want to happen. Often they will tell you what they want to happen, but that's obviously if they tell you, I want to meet my long-lost brother, well, you don't want to just do that the next game right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they want to know... By telling you that, it means, oh, I want to move forward with my backstory, right? So it's, there's a difference between what they say and what you should internalize, I think. So I try to focus on what, what do they want to feel. If they say, like, oh, I want to have learned that new spell, but what they... Why? Is it because of the function of the spell? Then maybe you can give it in another way. Maybe it's because they want to feel powerful. Then maybe you want to focus on that. You know what I mean? But it's still useful feedback, even though you cannot really give them exactly what they want. And I'm a big believer that you should not give the players what they want, or what they... I should say what they expect, and always change it a little bit. And I think that's not really controversial there.
1: Yeah, no. And, and I mean, obviously, if a player goes out and says that they want X to happen, I feel like most players would probably be disappointed if you just go and give them exactly that next game you know what i mean like yeah you, you have to find a way to throw a twist on on it and odds are as a game master i mean if a player came to me and said make x happen there's no way in hell that's happening.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure exactly that you don't want to have a movie that you like oh this is going to happen and then then you predict it, pre- predicted it and that's the beauty of also the end game debrief maybe you've planned to have this long-lost brother come in, and then they talk to you about it. Maybe you don't want to change anything. But maybe now that they are thinking about it, you're like, okay, this is not the surprise I thought it would be. So let's put a twist on it. Mm-hmm. I, at least that's how I, I game master. I don't know about you. Are, are you the type of person who will change depending on what the player expects?
1: I mean, not. I don't think to the extent that you do, Chris. But definitely if if a player informs me that they have a certain expectation, I feel like I'm not doing a good enough job at diverting that expectation. So there's definitely going to be some adapt. Like, I'm going to adapt the content that I had sort of in my mind already. Mm -hmm. But yeah, certainly not to the extent I don't think that you do. I'm trying to learn it though. It's a, it's a really good game mastering skill.
0: Yeah, but it's a lot of <laughs> the difficulty there is making everything consistent, like going back and changing things to make it more interesting. I mean, I, I I'm sure some game master will say this is like blasphemy to like change depending on what the players tell you. But for me, this is about making an interesting story. Is, is that is as if you were writing a book. And you had someone read it then by page 80, they, they, again, same example as the, the movie here, but they tell you what they expect on page 120. And that's what was written. You're yeah. like, well, I need to change it now. I, I think this is seeing it as, as this makes it more interesting, but you don't want to change. Like if they deduced something, like I don't want to change it so that it robs them from having like connected the dots. That's what I want.
1: Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I want to give it the
0: same feeling, the same thing, but with a different, different twist. But I think we're getting a, a little bit f- um, away from end of game debrief. So let's let's go back uh, to to what we we're talking about. So what else can you do with the feedback the players give you? Um, I mean,
1: I, I, go yeah, go ahead, go, no, go, no, ahead. No, go ahead,
0: go No, no, go if you have
1: something Well, I was just going to say, and we talked a little bit about it, but I think it it often I. I like to hear that feedback as positive reinforcement for things that I thought worked well in the game, mm-hmm. or changes that I brought forward, or a, a character. Like maybe they like, oh, the character was so cool. Like I love the uh, how fleshed out they were, or, or the, even something as silly as like that 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 accent you gave them. To me, that mean, that goes a long way because yes, I I spent a long time practicing <laughs> that accent, and I'm happy somebody recognized it. Um, so it, it does a, a good job to like boost my if you. Yeah, and... How, how about you
0: first? I mean, if I just talk a little bit about positive reinforcement, I think the Game Master is... sometimes can be a thankless job where you put a lot of work into it. So, for me, the end game debrief are a very satisfying part of the game where... And I think, like, let's say you finish the game, everybody's like, okay, cool, and they pack up and they leave. Eh, I don't know, it part of the reward of being a game master is seeing your friend react to a reveal or to whatever and and in the game and the game when you can be really out of character it's 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 really fun so if you're a player listening to this i really encourage you to take that moment to i mean not only thank your game master but also really tell them what you like and that I means you'll get more of it right you'll probably get more of it like by giving them these feedback you That will direct the story. Probably more than anything you can... I don't say anything you can do in the game, but a lot. Let's put it that way. Um, So something else maybe to think about in terms of feedback is revisiting the feedback. So sometimes I like to do is, if I take a feedback and I implement something in my game because of it, uh, I like to be like, at the end of the game, okay, so I took what you said, and here's what I did with it. What is your like by giving it that way, did I achieve what you wanted right and and mm-hmm. you can basically revisit the same link of feedback multiple time to get changes of perspective or maybe they will they will kind of change their um their view on what they wanted in the first place
1: yeah, yeah, and I think that kind of goes back to the timing right Chris. Because yeah. when you ask someone something right after it happened or a day after or what have you, usually you're going to be getting that gut reaction, that emotional reaction. Some people are better at, than others at, at processing those things quicker. So you, the, the feedback, like you said, is important to revisit and is important to like use the filter of time, I guess if I'm making sense as a as a way to gauge the the feedback's relevance
0: yeah i think I, and like i just talked about like oh i made these changes but i think even before making any changes to wait 3 days or a week and be like i thought about what you said and here's my thoughts on it and good there's a good chance the person will have nuanced opinion by that time so that's the yeah. filter kind of you're talking about i think
1: and and i know for me like as a player, anyway, when I engage in an debrief, usually that's what sparks the the thinking process even further. So if you know we're we're having a game and Chris, you were to ask me specifically, how did you feel about that one fight, like that fight against that one monster? I'll have an opinion right out the gate. I'll say kind of a, I'll take a position on it. I'll say it, and, and then. I'm gonna think about that. I'm gonna think about the thing that you asked me probably for a few more days. Not not consistently the whole time, but like, you know, when I when I'm going for a jog and I got nothing to think about or or I'm just sitting on the sofa waiting for my wife to finish something, I might you know, think about that thing you probed me on specifically. So I, I think the end of game debrief is also an opportunity to not only get feedback right away, but For for the types of players you might have, it might be to get something in their head, or or, or get their like get them to think about something a little bit more in depth than they would have had you not asked them about it.
0: Yeah, and and if I may, I think I think I have an example to represent this that might might help. Is there was a a game we that's called I called it the defense of Mittenheim, um, which was basically defending a wall of a fortress, let's put it that way. And I had planned a lot of things to do like grand scale combat, and maybe we'll talk about it at one point, but like I had planned a lot of missions like squad teams so that they don't fight hordes and hordes of people where they didn't really matter in the fight, like to have really clear objectives. But back then it was a while a while, a while back, but back then I made the mistake of what I thought was a mistake to ask my players, "Okay, how do you set up the cannons? How do you place your men? And in my head, they would then like there would be something happening in the background, and they would have to leave. And that would be kind of the setup. But it took two hours for the players to figure out exactly what they wanted to, how they wanted to place the cannons and everything. And people had fun. So let's go with the perspective of the day off. The day off, I was like, oh, man, this is taking forever. Some people are not paying attention. Some like Obviously, it's way too long, but they still have to go through it, blah, blah, blah. But once it was done, I was like, well, I can't just send them away. They have to participate in the battle. So I had that going on. And basically, I thought the game was a total flop. It was long to plan. The battle was kind of random. And like I, I basically lost control. One of, I thought... One of my worst flop, like my worst failure, and even the uh, the day of, I ask everybody like, how was the game? And I had like mixed feeling, mixed like, oh, it was long planning, but it was kind of fun at the end, blah blah blah. And I thought, oh, I dropped the ball. But that game, when I talk to my players, is one of the game I get the most positive feedback after like let's say a month and two months, and that's kind of long for like an end of game debrief, but the narrative aspect of it, the cinematic aspect of this big battle and big cannon shooting hundreds of creatures stayed in the mind of my players. Stayed in the
1: and we forgot the two hours we spent planning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and like there's a obviously a psychological phenomenon that like if you go like on vacation with your family, it might feel like it's horrible when you're in it. Like a lot of people argued and blah blah blah, but Looking back on it, memory should keeps the, the good parts. Uh, so that definitely has an aspect, even in fake memories.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that example up, because it illustrates that very well. And it also illustrates another component to the end-of-game debrief that I think we should talk about. And it's the fact that the end-of-game debrief is an opportunity for the game master to kind of, like, it's almost like a mental health benefit, and, and by no means am I, a, I have no expertise in mental health, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but being able, at the end of the game, to admit to your players, like, guys, you know, that didn't really work out the way I thought it would, mm-hmm. goes a long way in just breathing and being like, okay, you know what that kind of was wasn't great and admitting that it it helps you from like festering that negative emotion for a long period of time
0: Oh yeah for sure and and we really saw that in one of the later game I like one of the last games I ran was kind of a heist type game and it I thought it would last two games and it lasted I think four three or four I think four and I was frustrated with how it went because X, Y, and Z. Let's go. Let's not go into details. But one of the reasons it felt so frustrating is because there was kind of reveals behind all of it, and I couldn't do the debrief for three games. So after every game, I would feel so frustrated with what was going on, but I couldn't talk about it. And once we reached the end, and we actually did the debrief on the four games, I feel like all the players got a lot more positive about the experience. Now they, they could see behind now that it was resolved and you could see behind of the curtain. And for me, it was cathartic. It was like, Oh, I can finally tell them what was going on and why it felt so long or so convoluted and what was working and what was not working. And, and then after that, my frustration went away and the play, like everybody had a good time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I, I don't have a specific example of this, Chris, but I mean, when I used to game master uh, certain groups, we never had this kind of conversation. Like, we would just play the game, and when the game was done, the night was over, and people would go home. We would maybe start talking about some completely unrelated thing. Mm. But when that happened, I just felt like I didn't do a good enough job. You, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, man, I put so much effort into this game and the baseline expectation was that it was going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Right? And if it's fun, you don't hear anything. And if it was really bad, you probably didn't hear anything either. And it was just <laughs> like, you you just... You, my brain would immediately go to like, oh, you know what, it wasn't good enough. Or, oh, I wasted their night. But being able to hear, like... When when I started to do the end of game debrief, it made me feel a lot more confident as a game master because I would hear the things that worked, I would be able to admit to the things that maybe didn't go as planned, and that, yeah, it, it just went a long way, and it allowed me to be more... To, to get more enjoyment, honestly, out of the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and you kind of get more for your buck, like... I, at least as a game master, I think as the player too, where you, if you prep for, okay, let's go with what people apparently say it's the average. I'm not in that average at all, but let's go with what, what people say. You prep for two hours, like three hours and you play for three hours, but then you get to talk about it. And for us, we can talk about it for a long time, but let's be reasonable here and say we talk, you talk about it for what's reasonable, an hour. Is that reasonable? We do yeah, way longer.
1: Yeah, so let's you, just say an hour. You get, you you get, get an, an extra particular. hour out
0: of it. Yeah, you get an extra hour of fun. Well, for for us, I think it's super fun. And the players that don't want to participate can just leave. Uh, but I like to be part of it. And maybe something to to to, to mention here, which is funny, because I role play, I, I game master also for my um, my brother and his friends. And what I found happens is that at the end of the game, they will just back up and leave because it's done over internet. So I don't take it badly. I would rather talk, but, but then I know, because my brother told me, that the next day, because they work out together, they're, they're friends, they see each other often, they will spend hours talking about it, but I'm not there anymore. Yeah. So they get the fun out of it, but I don't. So often I will t- like call my brother and I'll do it with him the next day or whatever. But don't... If you can have it with your game master. I think there's yeah, a yeah. lot to gain. We, we already talked about like positive feedback and the fact that you can kind of orient the story. It helps kind of grow the respect that the players have together and also the respect to the game of the game master show that you, you see what he's trying or she's trying to convey in the story. Stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and, and for you game masters listening, I think... Something that might need to be said here is it's okay for you to talk to your players like this. Like it's, I I, I don't think I've ever encountered this roadblock, but I I'm sure there are you sh- out there that might think no, you know I shouldn't be I shouldn't be letting the players behind the curtain. And we're not saying to let them behind the curtain completely, but it's it's okay for you to sit down after the game and ask them what worked and what didn't work, what they enjoyed and what they didn't enjoy. Because by doing that, not only do you get all the stuff Chris mentioned and that we mentioned already at the beginning of the episode, but you're going to be building trust with those players. So if Mm -hmm. you've never done something like this before, the first time you do it might kind of seem weird to the players. Um, Oh, yeah. So maybe, I don't know, Chris, if you have any thoughts on that, but like... What would you tell someone who's never done this before? How would they, how would they approach doing something like this?
0: Yeah, I think, I, I think it's really hard. And I felt it at the beginning of playing with our group, uh, like three, four years, I don't remember, three years and a half ago or something, where I feel like people weren't comfortable telling me like, what they like and dislike. So that's when I went, with like, what did you like the most? What did you like the least? I mm-hmm. think that is very a good, like a good get like, to start. And maybe something I would add to that is explain to them basically what we're saying right now or show like send them to this video, like it's perfectly fine to have an opinion and to voice that opinion. It doesn't mean that the game master will necessarily take it at heart and you shouldn't take everything literally like we kind of talked before, because one of my game, one of my, uh, my brother's friend would never tell me anything. I'd be like, okay, what do you expect out of the game? What? did you like, what did you didn't like? And like, oh everything was fine. Everything was good. That was fun. I would get that constant constantly. Mm-hmm. And at one point I had to like to I say sit down, but it's over roll twenty, but like basically put a stop before I game and be like, okay, I want to talk about feedback I'm getting. And I am kind of flying blind right here. Like I'm I'm trying to tailor the game to what you like and what you don't like. But if you don't tell me anything, I'm just doing what I think and it might not be what you want. So, I'm doing something, might as well give me a direction. It's better mm-hmm. than no direction. So, maybe just explaining that to your players, if they are not willing to engage with the question you're asking. A good example of that is asking questions about the campaign direction. Right? I, like, yeah. A good example of that is uh, after a two-year campaign with our group, which was really like fast-paced and reactive to what's going on and high-stakes. I asked my group, do you want more of that? Do you want more, more political? Do you want more and the the consensus was like we would not, <laughs> we would like time to breathe and define our character a little bit more. And we did that for a while. And last time we had a, that kind of discussion with the group. They said, "You know what? We're ready for another fast-paced adventure." So now I can redirect what I'm building. And it's not more work for me. It's not negative or it's not even positive. It just means I'm going to give the players what they want.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think framing it that way, like you're saying, Chris, talk to the players, say, hey, I'd like to give you what you're expecting or meet your expectations more clearly, could be a good way to, to, to start, start having these kinds of conversations.
0: Um, and maybe they don't have expectation and asking them to build, I don't want to say build expectation, but as, at least voice what worked and didn't work in the past without even building expectation is still valuable.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're playing with new players, right? New players yeah. will likely just be happy they're playing role-playing games. They they don't have any previous experiences to base their like their expectations on. Mm-hmm. So it's they might just think this is high this is what it is. And if you have a whole bunch of combat in their game, and they don't really like it, they they don't know any better. So to to be able to ask them, like, hey, like, are we role-playing too much? Or do you are you having fun role playing as much as we're role playing, and, and you know let them think about it, let them let it fester a little bit, and then they might come, they might surprise you, they might not, and you can kind of tailor your game accordingly.
0: Yeah, and I think you, you put it. Like I, I like what you said there. Where maybe you wanna like you do your game, you think they like combat, and you do eighty twenty. 80% of it, it's combat. I am exaggerating, but let's put it that way. Or like one game was 80 combat, 20 roleplay. And when you ask, what did you like the most? They tell you about this roleplay part. Then you should hear, Oh, then I need to revisit. Like I need to readjust my mm-hmm. components of the game. So yeah, it's, it, it's not them telling you, I didn't like the combat, but give them maybe a little more, a little bit more of what they, they do like. And something maybe at the end of game um, debrief is a good time to do is I, I like to ask them, let's say there's an intrigue. There's like someone who got murdered and they are on the, they're tracking the murderer. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to ask them, like, so what do you think happened? Like, what do you think is the intrigue or where, you're, where is your head at? And then you'll, you might get an idea of what they'll do next. First, we already talked about sharing plans, uh, but it's a good time to know where the story will go. And maybe even they will build plans. They will make plans. They will have ideas for scene or pufferfish moments. Like we, we, we use the, the word pufferfish moments here. Um, and that can really generate excitement for the next game.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think what you're touching on here, Chris, is important to like highlight a little bit more, right? If, if you just play the game at the table and that's it, you don't have these, these end-of-game conversations, or, or any conversations at all, it doesn't give the players a whole lot of time to think about these kinds of scenes, to think about their plans, other than when they're at the table. So odds are they're, they're not going to focus on some of these things that might not be right in front of their face. But if you do have the conversation, you, you tell them, like, what did you enjoy? And you kind of give the players this platform to discuss amongst each other too, right? So one player might say, oh, wow, that narrative beat where that NPC, you know, defeated that demon. It's a silly example, but you, you give that narrative beat. The, the player is, like, super into it. It might give a perspective that another player didn't even think about. They might be like, "Oh yeah, wow, that's true." And and you know what? My character should have sh- should have probably felt something about that. My character is a cleric, and and the fact that they defeated that demon or even saw a demon in the first place should probably impact my character. So it it gives uh, this place to, sh- to to share perspective, and therefore think about the kinds of scenes, the kinds of emotions. The kinds of plans that the players want to instill into their character.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point. It's, I think I've seen more character development done in the end of game briefing, uh, debrief than, than during the game. Right. That's when they, that's when I feel the connection between the player and the, the character kind of, it clicks when they're like, oh yeah, now that I think about it. Here's what maybe should happen in the future or should have happened a little bit like, like what you said. And that's when, as a game master, I hear those conversations often, like they will share perspective. And oh, my character really felt that way. And as a game master, my, the, the way I like to, I'll say coach, but maybe orient my, like direct my, um, my players. And I'll say just like, well, you should voice that in the game. You should make it explicit, like don't keep everything inside. And we talk a lot about this on this on this podcast is expressing like all those cool feelings your character has should be represented through, I'll say actions, but or discussions or externalize in that end of game debrief means they need to, they they can figure out what it is. And then as a game master, I like to tell them, okay, what are you going to do about it? Like, I'm not telling them what to do. Just what are you going to do about it?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Are there other, you know, you talked a little bit about coaching before, Chris, but are there other things that you think can be coached on, or, or is an opportunity to coach on during the end of game debrief?
0: Uh, I I mean, there's a lot, I, and that really, like, we, we did a little PSA at the beginning of, like, certain level of comfort at the table, where mm-hmm. you might not want to do that with every table, depending on the level of commitment, or... And I think for the game master, talking back is even more important. Like, we said, like, don't tell them everything they did wrong, right? I think that's, a, that's important, but the more you're comfortable with your table, the more you can share as game master. So I now will go as far as saying, like, why did you say that? Like, why did you act that way? That surprised me. Tell me more about it, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and sometimes there is a good reason, and then that's cool. Sometimes there isn't a good reason, and then they realize oh, you're right, I should have considered that other options. Or I don't know, I like to ask a lot of questions, and I will sometimes go as far as saying like, well if like I said not to do it, but like if you had done Recon maybe you would have known more. Mm -hmm. And to say that, sometimes players have a blind spot right and just to say well did you consider this and sometimes it might not even be relevant but just considering it might uh mean that next time they will if you don't mention it and nobody thinks about it then might be a problem like if there's a leader and they don't lead to tell like you know that you've been established as the leader of the group maybe you could help the other ones move forward in the story i don't know i'm kind of keeping it abstract here but yeah, i think you know yeah. do you have any any coaching do you coach your players you feel like you coach your players
1: i don't know <laughs> i don't
0: think so <laughs> i i i think
1: for the most part chris i use my end of game debrief a little bit differently uh, I, I use it more to coach myself as a game master.
0: Oh, yeah, that's definitely part of it, for sure, yeah.
1: Um, so I focus more on that. Um, I, might t- I might come back to that a little bit more later if I didn't know. But um, in terms of coaching my players, I-, I think what I like to do is mainly to-, to-, to pinpoint things to my players, especially to new players, to be like... I- I'm thinking specifically in a Rising Tide game, there were times when I, the players reacted a certain way to something, or, or like I, I know my wife was playing a, a character that was very different from the types of characters that she usually plays in role playing games, and I felt like she was having a hard time with some of the some of the elements of her character, like the personality, the way that that character thinks. So I, I like using the end-of-game debrief to kind of point out, like, you know, should you change your character this way, or because of the way you reacted or built your character, you're kind of putting yourself in a corner. Have you considered adding this flavor or adding that flavor? And it's less about coaching the players to play the game, I think, for me, and more about coaching the players to build a character that enables them to play the game the way they want to
0: yeah 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 but i think it's for me it's still coaching it's i mean when i say coaching i don't mean to like correct things that they don't do correctly necessarily like that i don't think they do correctly it's mostly like helping them uh figure out it figure it out on their own so i think it's still connects. I mean, I think the nuance there is for you to, like, readjust the character. Sometimes it might be that, but sometimes it might readjust their role play, uh, how to create role play, or sometimes it might be how to be more tactical in combat, right? Mm -hmm. I -hmm. I remember talking to one of my players, and they're like, I don't, like, like, when he joined the group, and he's like, I don't get combat. He was literally saying, like, I feel like I'm only going to that person and hitting them. Because that's the only option I have, um, and I told him because we're not playing D and I'm like, well, this is not D and D. is built that, and people will maybe disagree with me, but I feel like D is built like you look at your list abilities, and you're kind of fighting your own fight of like resource management and trying to deal the most damage. And yeah, you have interaction with the group, and especially if you're a bard or something like that. But mostly, you're you're looking at your character and what he can do to this situation, where in my system, it's kind of... It's part of it, but it's mostly the opposite of, like, some characters are built to just bring the other character up. So how can you set up the other player to do something cool? Mm-hmm. So when I explained to the, that to him, he was like, Oh, I get it. And the next fight, he changed drastically how he would fight and kind of got the way it was working. So especially with a new system the end-of-game debrief can show you the disconnect between, even strategy-wise, what they can and cannot do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and if I may, Chris, touch on... So something that I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about kind of goes back to what I was saying before about how I use the debrief as a way to improve as a game master, more mm-hmm. m- more specifically, um, was that I've found that since I've been doing the end-of-game debrief, My games, I I tend to be a little bit more experimental in my game. Mm -hmm. So I I might throw something in there that I otherwise wouldn't have had the courage to do before. And, like, for instance, like, really forcing the pacing. There was one game where I really forced the pacing, and it actually blew up in my face, and it was terrible. But I don't (laughs) think I would have done that if I didn't have the gaming table, like, my friends that, I, that you know, I, I could trust that I could then turn to them and, and talk about how it felt. And obviously I knew how it felt to me, but having that, that, that freedom of listening to how it feels to them, or, or even like if I add one specific component to the game that's new, like a new system or a new mechanic or a, a new element to the game, being able to then, at the end of the game, say, so that thing, what did you guys think of it? It, yeah. it helps me learn my experiment, if that makes sense. Like, I, I can learn from the, the tri- through trial and error almost.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you would even, because uh, I'm thinking of the game, like sometimes you would even tell us before. Like, we're talking about end of game debris, but sometimes you'd be like, okay, today I'm trying something new for travel. So keep an eye out for it. Then I'll ask you at the end what, you, what did you think? Right. And maybe, like, be careful not to, like, I'm not saying you, but, like, if you're trying this, maybe be careful to not, like, hear feedback in the middle of the game because it can become, I know you didn't do that, but I'm thinking of, like, if you had asked, like, we're doing travel and some, someone's like, well, maybe you should do it that way. and Maybe you should do it that way. At one point, you just have to try it and readjust after. That's why it's at the end of the game that we do the debrief, not in the middle of the game
1: yeah exactly so um yeah that, that's pretty much all I had to say about that was it, it, it gave me like, in addition to all the benefits you talked about to me specifically i I found it gave me a little bit more flexibility and courage to try different things as a game master
0: yeah and i i my my system is like I designed my own system and I felt the same way where especially mechanic wise i I needed to experiment, so I needed people to be okay with trying things and then giving me feedback. Mm -hmm. And I would get a lot out of it. Like, it's good for the story, for sure. The problem with the story is that sometimes you can't reveal everything, but it's still very helpful. For mechanics, they can help you design it. I mean, it's the same thing, actually. It's the same thing as the story. It's just they might not know as much for the story. And something that players need to keep in mind is that it's not because they tell you something that you're going to use it and they have to be okay with it. Yeah. They have to be okay with you not agreeing with them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, if you give feedback, it doesn't mean it's <laughs> useful or, if, or that it's right. It just means that it's feedback.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not too sure if I have a whole lot more to say about this, but Chris. Do you, should we uh wrap up, or do you have a little yep. bit more to add?
0: No, I think uh, I think we're good. I mean, I mean, this is not a novel concept. I think mm-hmm. it's like it's just talking about like talking about the game. We talk a lot about expectations, right? Having the right expectations, doing end of game debrief, and yeah, we said like an hour debrief, but it could be 15 minutes, right? make it as short as you want but i would suggest to have if it's 10 minutes it's 10 minutes but at the end of your game so let's do the wrap up like at the end of your game what do you what should you do i think at the minimum you should ask your players what did you like the most what you didn't like what what did you like the least do you have any other comments i think that's the basic end of game debrief
1: yeah yeah exactly and then we we spoke a little bit about you would you'd be receiving likely you'd be receiving feedback because you're prompting it, um, and we essentially said like you like you mentioned already, Chris, that be open minded, take the feedback in as a game master, and take it with a grain of salt. Ultimately, um, from there, we talked about a little bit about you know being a new game master trying this and and potentially. Not that you need our permission, but we, we said that you were allowed to do to open that possibility to you um, is something yeah. that you should consider at the very least.
0: And it's a muscle; like you'll work at it, and then it's going to become natural with the group, and the feedback is going to be more and more useful. I think so. That, and the feedback is like we said positive reinforcement for what worked and for the role you are you have as a game master. And if you're a player, this is how you can really show your game master and kind of help your game master direct where you want the... Maybe not the story to go, but at least what you expect and want in the game.
1: Yeah, another one of the benefits that we talked briefly about in the episode today was how it does have a positive impact on... I hate to say mental health because that's the wrong word, but it's, you know, on the... On, on your emotional state at the end of a game. I know for me, it greatly improved my emotional state at the end of the game because I was able to vent on the things that didn't work well and I was able to listen to the things that did and kind of get that positive feedback from my players.
0: Yeah. Um, it, there's an opportunity to do, to help your players also navigate. I'll say the story or the mechanics or navigate anything they might have problem with. We we called it coaching, but maybe it's not the the right word. Right word, but there's an opportunity there for the game master to also give uh, his or her perspective, their perspective.
1: Yeah. So uh, and I think with that that covers our our conclusion of the episode today. So if you, if you guys you know and you wanted to tell us how you do it or you had you know different differences of opinion, we'd love for you to reach out to us to, to tell us about it. I'd also like to hear if you know you didn't you've never done this before and you, you give it a try and and how it went. So if that's uh, if that's you, I'd love for you to reach out to us. You can contact us by doing so on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at role underscore play underscore chat.
0: Or we have an email that's contact roleplaychat at gmail.com.
1: And with that, we are going to close the show out. So I'd I'd like to say thanks, Chris.
0: Thank you, Matt.
1: (laughs) No problem. Uh, Let's call it a chat.